Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to the first episode of Rabsdom. Hey, everyone who is in Discord right now. Let's see who has talked for the last few minutes. JM Apate, II9080, Britcool98, Rick, Eclipse, Superbike underscore 2, Veritex, and everyone else who is listening but silent on Discord right now. Welcome everyone and thank you for keeping me company on the first Rabsdom. Um, if you've been uh, checking uh, RadioSega.net recently, you probably have noticed... And hey Viper, you just talked! Woo. Um, you've probably noticed that I intend to to make Ravsdom pretty much um, about people's preferences. So, um, at today I'm afraid I had already to say no to Nicolas Haman. I'm really sorry, but my intention was not to accept um, requests for, for today's show. It was mostly to have a show around, uh, sure, around my own memories of, of the Dreamcast, which has turned uh, 20 years old in Europe yesterday, yes, but I am totally willing and actually into giving everyone a fair go at this. So I encourage literally every single one of you to come to me on Twitter, Discord, uh, Radio Sega's show blogs, you name it, really. I encourage every single one of you to do that and to tell me about your best Sega memories. What Sega tunes give you the best memories of your entire uh, gaming life? So, uh, that could be Dreamcast, that could be something else. I am not restricting it to... To, to just one console, really. I'm, why not make it uh, all time? So yeah, the instructions are are already in the blog post, but uh, you can come directly to me if you want more more information, really. Uh, so yeah, so how does it feel? An entire show about you and your own tastes. Um, it's I think it's a fair offer, isn't it? So yeah, so. Um, that aside, uh, as I mentioned, uh, this is going to be a one-hour show, maybe a bit more, who knows, but it's going to be about my own good memories from the Dreamcast. And um, yeah, I'm going to stop at every track, to be honest, so that I, I explain why the following track is actually a good memory for me. Um, the next, the first one is going to be uh, the first game I ever hound for the Dreamcast because it actually came bundled in with the console itself. But first, why not enjoy this track a bit more? This is not Dreamcast, but yeah, it actually should have been in the Dreamcast. This is this track. Is from a game that honestly could slash should have been there because it's from Model 3, it's from Daytona USA 2. Uh, there are actually going to be a few Model 3 games, parts in this case, in this um, in this show, unsurprisingly, right? Um, but yeah, the first one is actually an, a console original. The first one is um, gonna 
be uh, from Choo Choo Rocket, the main theme. I'm gonna talk a bit more about it later. Control Radio Sega. Register as a member. Click the playlist and request button and request your favorite tracks. They'll be on the stream shortly. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. So yeah, so that was my first choice. Um, that was from Choo Choo Rocket, obviously. Uh, that was that's got a legendary status for me because uh, it was the first game that I ever owned literally as I mentioned it came with the console so yeah um, it's a game that I feel that I haven't valued as much as I should have because I think 15 year old Rav D didn't really understand the concept and felt it was a bit childish it was still fun but I only really got to understand how brilliant it was when I was on like 21 maybe and got the chance to play the game with a few other people actually four player choo choo madness game and it was an amazing experience and now that I am uh, 32 I feel that I would enjoy the game a lot more even than I than I'm doing than I ever did, even. Because uh, it's... It's so quirky, it's really interesting. I mean, when I when I was 21 and playing the game with those people I just happened to meet online, um, we were all just yelling, bashing buttons, shouting at the mice. It was the most... one of the most amazing gaming experiences ever. And that's all because... Yeah, I kind of learned how to play it when I was 15 because I had not not much more to to do. Um, yeah, good times. Uh, actually, the next track that he's gonna play 
um, is gonna be for the other game that I owned from the start in my Dreamcast life. Uh, one that I bought just a few minutes, uh, not minutes, that would be an, uh, an exaggeration, uh, maybe one hour, one hour and a half, something like that, after I got the console and Shoot You Rocket. Um, it was, of course, Soul Calibur, a game that I played so much of, uh, even though my, my gaming time was really limited when I was young. Uh, I played it definitely more than any other Dreamcast game and it made me a Soul Calibur fan for for life. A few years later I was buying every single Soul Calibur game on their first day and playing Soul Calibur tournaments all through the country and actually even on Soul Calibur 6 I did play a few tournaments here. Uh, of course the results weren't, weren't that good because I was playing against people more than 10 years uh, younger than me, but sure, yeah, that's how it went. Please enjoy In the Name of Father, which was a Nightmares theme. It was literally the first theme ever that yours truly ever tried to get from the internet back in the day, back to 99, 2000. Uh, yeah, back back in that time we used we used Napster and Emule and Kaza stuff like that to get a few tracks. Uh, <laughs> when when it was uh, the 56k um, modem, it took like one hour to to download a five megabyte song. So yeah, so it was pretty remarkable that back then I was actually looking for game music. <laughs> So yeah, this was the first one that I ever did so.
Radio Sega is social. Like us at Facebook.com slash Radio Sega and follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Radio Sega. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. Okay, so that was In the Name of Father, Nightmares theme on Soul Calibur. So yeah, so both Jamie and uh, Veritex agree that Soul Calibur was great, and indeed it was. Veritex said he believes there's no other fighting game that he's played as much as Soul Calibur and Dreamcast, not even Street Fighter 2. While Jamie said Soul Calibur was great, it was, it even was better than its uh, original arcade version, and indeed it was. Um, actually, the Dreamcast part brought up so many so many many improvements over the arcade version you wouldn't even believe it i believe that soul calibur the arcade version was graphically about the same as taken free while the dreamcast version was of course groundbreaking and ahead of its time what was soul calibur running on in the arcade hmm i honestly don't know let me see Soul Calibur Arcade. Um, okay, Soul Calibur, Soul Calibur video game developed by Project Soul, preceded by Soul Ledge, originally released in arcades in July 98. It ran on the Namco System 12 hardware. So, yeah, there's your answer. Um, Alright, uh, oh by the way, Nicolas Aman had already replied on Discord, my bad, so I just researched stuff for nothing. And meanwhile, the, the, my, my actual um, talkbed music ended and the next track is already playing, so I guess I'm gonna talk about it uh, later, I'm gonna continue the, the chat that I was on.
so yeah so as you have figured out that was Solon Desert from Sega Rally 2 uh, I was talking about uh, Soul Calibur and the differences between the arcade and the Dreamcast and indeed graphically they were massive uh, there were also a few extras in the, um, in the Dreamcast, but I think the biggest uh, point of uh, of improvement was definitely the graphics. Um, so yeah, so um, apparently, um, yeah, Sega Rally 2 played, and um, and that that should have been after I talked why. I said why it, it was in this list, and essentially, Solon Desert is the song that I remember the most about Sega Rally 2 for the, the exact same reason why Conditioned Reflex is the song that I remember the most from the first Sega Rally uh, on the Saturn, which is because um, when when I was uh, a preteen or even a teen. I wasn't all that big on difficult games, so I just enjoyed trying to go as quickly as I could on, this, on the most simple tracks. Um, in the most simple tracks, grammar, uh, essentially... Yeah, the desert, the desert tracks, if you don't know it, are essentially the usually the easiest on every single Sega Rally there is. And uh, yep, I actually loved Sega Rally 2 a lot, even though I wasn't good enough back then to actually beat it. But I still have extremely fond memories of playing it with my brother and my father. And, uh, and it, it, yeah, there were actually pretty good times. I remember that um, discovering which character you unlocked, which car you unlocked after beating a certain year in the 10 year championship was a good. Uh, memory like you would just wait while s your characters were on the podium on top of your car celebrating and stuff and then you would just anxiously wait for like a few seconds until you saw the car you had just unlocked uh, just doing some spins and doing some donuts uh, around the park and that's when you knew what car it was and you were like oh awesome this amazing rally car from the 80s like the Lancia 037. The, by the way, the Lancia 037 is a beauty and it's an amazing car in rally history. You should look at it. Um, okay, regardless, the next track that is gonna play is gonna be uh, from um, a game that back in the Dreamcast days I did not appreciate it as much as I should have uh, but it actually um, was in display yet on Sega of Europe's stream yesterday um, they played it for quite a while and I loved it I just couldn't be quiet in the chat room to, to talk about the game uh, with other people and to share three tidbits and stuff it was Fighting Vipers 2 you know, uh, even though Fighting Vipers 2 is definitely an improvement in most areas compared to Fighting Vipers 1, which is one of the games I've played the most in my entire life, one of the games that I enjoyed the most in my entire life, and that I actually um, still play sometimes uh, <laughs> online, 
against a, a person named Razinov in XBLA. Uh, essentially, yeah, uh, it was just yesterday on Sega of Europe stream that I actually noticed why I didn't play Fighting Vipers 2 nearly as much as Fighting Vipers 1. Even though, yes, I, uh, I had it on the Dreamcast back in the day. The reason is just plain simply the background music, you know? Um, the original Fighting Vipers uh, had an essentially metal soundtrack, which I loved and I still love to this day. It's still like one of the biggest masterpieces for me. It's totally my, my style. While the, the second game, uh, Fighting Vipers 2, is more of an... I, I see techno, dark techno, hard techno, with a tripping sound kind of thing. And I just wasn't big on it. Although, um, I, I, guess, I guess they changed it from metal to that thing, because that's probably what was considered delinquent to listen to in Japan in their respective eras. Because you know that Fighting Vipers has that kind of um, delinquent vibe school delinquent even because most characters are aged like between 15 and 20 so yeah um, so yeah the song that you are gonna hear after this one is from Fighting Vipers 2 and it's the track that I liked the most that stood out to me back then for one reason because it was the most metal <laughs> so yeah yeah uh, it's gonna be Burning Bear, which I am 95% sure it's Emmy's theme. Please tell me if I'm wrong. I'm I'm willing to to be corrected and to air the correction on air.
RadioSega.net is not just music. Check out our original features, our message boards, and don't forget our media section with the best podcasts from around the Sega community. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music and bringing you the best content 24-7. And here we are again with this track. Uh, this track is from SNK Heroines. It's one of the tracks that I'm gonna use as a talk pad. I told you months ago, the first time I heard this, I was like, this is gonna be my talk pad for my next show and probably forever. So far so good. Listen to it for just a bit. <laughs> This is from SNK Heroines, and it's a remix of uh, Nakoruru's original film from Samurai Showdown. Either way, so Superbike 2 agreed with me regarding the 037, and yes, it is really a car. Although, yeah, he said that yes, 4 kicked its butt, and um, yeah, the Lancia Delta uh, 664, uh, not 64G, sorry, S4, was kind of. It was legendary, yes, in its own way. Unfortunately, it became infamous because a certain crash by one of them brought the end of the Group B era. I mean, if you are a motorsport junkie like me, I'm pretty sure Tim is gonna know what I mean. A very text that is. He probably knows precisely what crash I mean. It was in 1986. So some of you would have been born by then already. Uh, but yeah, the still, that was probably the most memorable rally car from the 80s. Um, so yeah, oh, the MV Augusta F4, yes, that is an awesomely pretty bike, I have to agree. It still runs in the world of uh, world super sport tracks. And yep. Yeah, Indeed, that's the crush I meant, Superbike, although I'd prefer not to uh, talk too much about it on air. And um, yeah, so yeah, so Nicholas Haman showed me a picture, showed me and everyone else in Discord really, um, a picture of uh, the composer Hidenori Choji, uh, who is probably playing the guitars in Burning Bear from Fighting Vipers 2. Apparently, he worked on Yakuza Kenzan as well, and most likely many other, uh, many other uh, games by Sega. I have to be careful, or else the next track is gonna play while I talk. No, never mind. I still got a few minutes. Um, Essentially, um, I'm gonna Google Hidenori Choji, and meanwhile, uh, I'm gonna talk about the next game. The next game that is coming, or the next track from the next game, is another one that had a legendary status as an amazing PGM uh, for me back in the early years of this century. 
it's uh, from Dead or Alive 2, which, yes, it was extremely groundbreaking at the time. And to be fair, the fact that I got it exactly on the same day as Fighting Vipers 2 probably did not help matters about my love for Fighting Vipers 2. Because, well, Dead or Alive 2 was a brilliant fighter for its day. It was simple, sure, like it didn't, it wasn't really all that deep, but visually it was amazing, and the story mode was more interesting than pretty much anything you could find in, fight, in fighters back in those days, with all those cutscenes that actually told some of the story between the characters, it was unheard of back in the time. And um, the track that is gonna play it was actually the one that played in some climatic moments. Especially involving uh, Helena, who, by the way, is the person this track is associated to. It's Blaze the Melpamine!
yeah, so that was Helena's theme on Dead or Alive 2, it was blazed up melpamine. And um, so, Veritex meanwhile said, The move to a new console generation was always exciting. Better graphics, better sound, bigger games, etc. But man, the move to the Dreamcast was such a huge leap forward right into the future. When I played Soul Calibur for the very first time, I was just stunned. It truly was the gate to a new century of technology, arcade perfect games for players, internet access, browsing, online game, VMUs, etc. And yes, absolutely true. The Soul Calibur was so ahead of its time, I remember it was getting um, top scores in literally every single critic there was. If the, the rating system was up to 5, it would get a 5. If the rating system was up to 100, it would get 100. It was getting the highest scores ever. Um, I think the only game that was any close to it back in the day was Super Mario uh, 64. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's how it is. Um, Hidenore Choji. I have researched him and he has worked in a lot of uh, Sega games, really. He worked in... he started with uh, Sega Touring Car Championship. And then Fighting Vipers 2, Spike Out, Super Monkey Ball, Super Monkey Ball 2, F-Zero GX, Yakuza, Yakuza 2, Yakuza Kenzan, Yakuza 4, um, Kuroyo Ryugakotoku Chincho, which I do not really know what it is. Project K is a video game developed by Sega, released... Oh, so it's a PSP Yakuza spin-off. Okay, I had never heard of it, I've got to admit. Uh, okay, so Yakuza 5. Um, Ryugakotoku Ichin. Okay, Ichin. Spin-off, another spin-off of Yakuza. Then Yakuza 0, Yakuza 6, and Judgment. So yeah, mostly um, an RGG Studios uh, guy. And he's followed Nagoshi pretty much everywhere from what I've seen. So yeah, so he also is part of H, the, a band composed of Sega sound designers, which actually has a lot of awesome tunes in Radio Sega, and you can request them, just look for H. Dot if that is even possible. Um, so yeah, so going back to, to the show, the next track that I'm gonna play is also one that brings me memories, but not exactly the best. You know, I've always been a fighting games fan, of course, even though I wasn't the best at it, I always enjoyed the aesthetics, the association between characters and day around music tracks. Uh, the story, the backgrounds, the changes between sequels, essentially the presentation and stuff, I was really a big fan of appreciating those small details in fighting games compared to the gameplay. And um, yeah, their Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was the big thing for a while, of course, especially in the Dreamcast time. Um, so yeah, so I was that kind of guy who was trying to unlock everything on Ma Ma the Marvel vs. Capcom 2. And as you probably know, it really took a while. There were there are 56 characters, most of them unlockable through hard effort. And um, there was there were also 
secret outfits to unlock stuff like that and all of them require that you got a kind of an in-game currency that you would earn by beating the game or by doing stuff in the game like essentially the the better the better you did in arms modes such as arcade and um, survival and stuff the more credits you would get and um, the exceptions were versus mode but I had no one to play against and training which would give you credits depending on how for how long you were training for or um, on how many how many versus matches you played so essentially the um, the training mode, if I, I remember that if I left it overnight, I would come back in the morning and I would come out of training and I would get the maximum amount of credits possible for one session, which was 9,990. 9, I will never forget that value. And that would usually be enough to unlock one character. So. That was probably what killed my Dreamcast, because I started having that issue where it just reboots itself. Uh, because uh, there was some connection cable and some connective pins that were getting oxidated because of that. And they were getting disconnected, which is, I believe, the most common issue that Dreamcast owners ever had. Uh, and yeah, so the track that he's gonna play next is the one that I remember the most from Marvel vs. Capcom 2. A great game, but that unfortunately, uh, yeah, screwed up my Dreamcast forever.
the next couple of tracks are gonna be about a game that I played pretty much as soon as it came out. Uh, it is a sequel of an infamous game from, from the Dreamcast and um, I am probably an exception. Uh, I think I'm pretty weird as in I've played sequels more often than the original games for some reason, just like Crazy Taxi. I actually played Crazy Taxi much before uh, Crazy Taxi 2 much before Crazy Taxi 1. The same with Jet Set Radio. I actually played Future before the original one. The exact same with Shenmue. I've played Shenmue 2 before Shenmue 1. And um, this game, uh, well, you can pretty much already guess what, what game it is, right? That I played the sequel before the first one. It was a game that I loved back in the day. I know that uh, people love... Okay, sure, I'm, I, I was gonna keep it a secret until the song played, but... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give you context. <laughs> so that it makes more sense. It's Sonic Adventure, of course. I played Sonic Adventure 2 shortly after it came out. And I only played Sonic Adventure 1 after I had finished Sonic Adventure 2. And considering that my game time was limited when, when I was a schoolboy, because my parents wouldn't let me play outside the weekends, um, it took months to, to, to beat. <laughs> yes, nowadays people just beat it in one day or even less than that, and... Uh, High schooler Ravsik took months because not only he wasn't a good player, but also his playtime was limited to a few hours per week. So yeah, uh, essentially, um, it was definitely the first game of its kind that I ever beat, and still one of the few because you know me, I've been mostly a player of. Uh, fighting games, racing games, sports games, I rarely ever commit to a platformer and similar. And back back then, Sonic Adventure 2 was extremely moving. Like, it was cheerful. The story, believe it or not, I actually think it was very well done. Um, and uh, it, it was just one of the few games I could connect with back in the day that wasn't one of the other kinds that I am explaining. Uh, so it probably made a lot of what uh, my love for Sega is, even, even though it started from way before, this actually expanded it from just about the fighters and sports and stuff to and racers and arcade games the model 2 ports of course those are the most legendary things in gaming for me ever but sonic adventure 2 opened up a whole new branch of gaming for me and i have to thank them for that so yeah so essentially you are gonna hear of course what is nowadays not my favorite song from the from the game because you grow and you and you start uh, enjoying different stuff but it it was back in the day the most legendary one even though yeah 
Of course, I mean, everyone knows who it is when whenever you are 17 playing Sonic Adventure 2 for the first time. It's there's only gonna be one track, right? So yeah, so please enjoy Escape from the City. Okay, so my mic was on, so you heard me typing, sorry about that, and I got scared for a bit, my speakers stopped working, so I was wondering if the stream was down, but apparently it was just a problem here, which I have to look at, because my speakers just came back to life with a pop, and then it started playing uh, Escape from the City again. Anyways, I digress. Um, so we've been talking about the Dreamcast problems. Apparently Superbike's um, Dreamcast laser drive died. And now GM Abate is talking about it as well, about how to fix it. And yeah, well, I'm I'm glad my, uh, this show actually brought people to, to communicate into um, fixing their Dreamcasts. Because, uh, well, I hope it's an inspiration for that, seriously. Everyone knows that playing Dreamcast, the Dreamcast is definitely worth it. So, yeah, so Superbike, please let us know if that fix that JM Abate is telling you about works. It would be amazing to hear. 
meanwhile, that was not the only song that I'm gonna play uh, from Sonic Adventure 2. There is something else that I have to admit is part of my greatest memories ever. And that was from Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, I am not ashamed of this at all. That's Green Viper Hate has said that he hasn't heard for, or hadn't heard this for about five years. And yes, um, instant flood of memories of this music. And yes, actually, that is exactly why I'm playing it. I am not ashamed to say that as a teen, I loved raising showers. I really did. I spent probably as even more time in the shower garden than I did in the game itself. It was really fun to just give it stuff and watch it improve and watch its shape change according to what kind of animals you were giving it. It really was awesome back in the day. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I still remember my shallows from back then. And uh, it was sad when I hit them by accident. I still remember that. And I remember the feeling it was when opening the hero garden and the dark garden and... Wait, is this blood in the dark garden, which I was actually stunned back then? How the heck did they actually have a pool of blood in a Sonic game? Which is probably um, a sentiment that you share. Uh, the shock at looking at the red pool in a, in a Sonic game when, when you got into the dark garden. So yeah, Green Viper, please let us know what kind of memories this music is giving you. And Veritex says the same, the same, feelings flashback. Guys, please let us know who else carried his chaos, his chaos around in, on the VMUs. Well, I'm afraid that was not me. Uh, yeah, because my VMUs were out of batteries by that point and I never got around to replacing them. Ay, ay.
So Green Viper says that the only time he, he ever got into Chao was on the GameCube version of Sonic Adventure DX because he wanted the Knight's Chao but didn't own a Sonic Adventure 2 battle at the time. Alright, so I am actually surprised that Chao's bring uh, feelings like to you, not, or that they they actually create a response. Um, yeah, I am. I'm sad that I didn't play the the VMU games. Honestly, back. I mean, if it was now, I would definitely take better care of it. Um, the next two tracks that I'm gonna play are from another of my uh, remarkable times on on the Dreamcast, and it's from a latter part. Uh, where um, I was actually using it mostly as um, yeah, when the Sega part was not so bright with me, but or was not speaking as loud within me, but it was mostly about the fighting game phase. So I really, really got copies of those uh, SNK ports, mostly Japanese even. Um, and um, yeah, there are unfortunately great games, and this is not the unfortunate part, the unfortunate part is that those great fighting games from SNK were just in Japan for the Dreamcast. This applies to many King of Fighters games, 2001, 2000, uh, 2002. And I'm pretty sure that one of the tracks that I'm gonna play soon was didn't also didn't come out in Europe and the US. Uh, yeah, you can tell me. I think there are there are people on the Discord chat that know better than me. So yeah, so please do enjoy uh, two tracks from two different SNK games in the Dreamcast that I played a lot of because they were awesome back in the day. Even though, again, I was never all that good on them. Actually, first there comes an ident. The best Sega music, live shows, and the chance to request your favorites. This is RadioSega.net.
So yeah, this was the last song that played was um, Kim Jae Hoon's theme from um, uh, Garou, Mark of the Wolves. Uh, have you played that game? If you haven't, I recommend. The song is called Too Honest and the game is like one of the best 2D fighters that um, uh, SNK ever made. And I am being extremely honest, you can believe me there. Essentially, graphic-wise, plot-wise, and even the gameplay, everything was extremely solid. Uh, everything was up to scratch, even though it didn't have all that many characters like SNK was having us getting get used to. Uh, in the King of Fighters games. Speaking of King of Fighters, the previous track was the arranged version from King of Fighters 19, which actually played in the Dreamcast version of the game. The Dreamcast version for King of Fighters 19 was called um, King of Fighters Evolution, and it brought a few extra strikers. It was the arcade version, but with extra strikers and an arranged soundtrack. Those extra strikers were characters that were being prepared for uh, King of Fighters 2000, uh, Seth and Vanessa, I think, so, yep, that game, the Dreamcast port, was kind of uh, the guy near pig for two completely new and full-fledged characters that would come up on the following here. Um, the next track that he's gonna play uh, is gonna come from a game that I also played so much when I was a boy. Seriously, I beat this game completely. It was one of the few games I beat to 100%, even though it took me ages. Because, not, as I keep on saying in this episode, not only I didn't play all that much, but I also wasn't the best player ever. And I still am, am not. Um, essentially, it's gonna be from Virtual Tennis 2. A game that I, I think I finished years, like 5-6 years after I first started it. Uh, because I would do something else, or because I would get bored, or just because I couldn't really work out how to to do it. But yeah, essentially I remember beating King and Queen on that court that was uh, on a boat, on a cruise. Uh, that, and that was the final stage of the game's world tour mode, and um, yeah. That was quite a ride, but one that was worth it, because I have won a Virtua Tennis 2 tournament here in London. Yes!
that was one of the tracks that played uh, while you were on Virtual Tennis 2 matches, which is a game that I am really interested in streaming soon enough for Radio Sega. Although, it's gonna start with um, actually with Virtual Tennis 4, which won the poll that was uh, posted uh, not too long ago. Yeah, so Virtual Tennis 4 post won that uh, poll, so I am gonna stream it for Radio Sega. You asked, you shall receive, and that result actually made me happy because Virtual Tennis 4 was definitely the one I wanted. <laughs> so yeah, yay! And um, yeah, I've played all Virtual Tennis games to a point that I sh sh yeah, I don't even know how to describe it, but that was for a lot of hours, every single one of them. Um, Virtual Tennis 2, it was also memorable how the final stage in arcade was on top of a skyscraper in Tokyo. Oh, good memories. Uh, after this, we are gonna get to a final stage in this episode where... Um, I actually planned for this to be one hour, it's already overrunning for a while, but sure, uh, I need to go to sleep, so I'm gonna make it quick. And to, to be fair, the tracks that are coming soon are not that memorable to me either, so we can just move forward. Um, the next one that is gonna play, I'm gonna talk about it while it plays. This is a techno track that played on F1 Challenge, uh, a Formula 1 game that was actually pretty fun. I owned it, uh, I remember my, my parents gave it to me as a gift and to my brother, and it was somehow a pretty nice racing game for Formula 1, based in on the um, 1998 season. Yeah, but yeah, it it's one that I look back and I think, oh yeah, I remember it, but it's not as intense as previous games.
So yeah, Metropolis Street Racer. This is um, very, very much like Choo Choo Rocket. This is a game that's got its value for me, mostly on hindsight. Because back in the day, I remember that I liked the cars, I liked the, the gameplay, but and I really, especially enjoyed two things: one that you could choose your own license plate, and second that you would play uh, in real time in whatever track you chose like when you were actually playing the game if it happened to be 12 past 3 in the morning in London and you were playing in London um, the game would actually play in the middle of the night at 3 12 past 3 uh, same applied to San Francisco and Tokyo that was very good but I have to say that I didn't play the game too much Although I have good memories, because it would mostly... And I don't know, I felt it was... It required a lot of grinding. And even so, yeah, this this track, uh, Fallen Angel, is actually the one I remember that I enjoyed the most back then. I, I, I actually valued it a lot more than other classics. Like, Am I Only Dreaming? Which... Now that I look back at it, I know that they are awesome and club berries and stuff. But these kind of tracks are the ones that stand out to me. Electric Boogaloo just came into Discord and immediately corrected me on something that I messed up with. The Formula 1 game that I remember playing when I was uh, young uh, was not F1 Challenge. That wasn't a Saturn and that was actually a Sega game. And uh, the one I played was actually... Um, what's it called? S F1 World Grand Prix 2 for the Dreamcast published by Video System, which was the one that I mentioned was actually a pretty good game. Um, after hearing Falling, Fallen Angel from uh, MSR, Metropolis Street Racer, there are two more tracks until we finish this show. And one of them is from a game that I have already played. Except it brings me um, good memories uh, that are different to the other. Because it comes from um, it comes from 
Dead or Alive 2, but the Japanese limited edition, which came with extra characters, extra stages, extra outfits, and extra story mode cutscenes. It was better than the uh, European version that I started with. And uh, I remember that I loved the game so much back then that I went through every single version trying to find out the differences. Like there were like three different PlayStation 2 and three different Dreamcast versions and I was just really into uh, finding out the differences. And uh, I remembered, oh okay so this mode actually plays in this stage. Or, oh, okay, so this stage is new, it wasn't here before. And then there was a cutscene playing in story mode and out of nowhere it was in a different stage. And I was like, yeah, this is different. And the localization was also different for some reason. The translations were completely different in English. There was one cutscene in particular that I remember that was between Yan Li and Hayabusa. And uh, I definitely remember that Yan Li even though he said literally the same thing in Japanese, it was the same voiceover clip. Uh, in one of the English translations it was extremely rude, on the other one it was actually kind of polite. So I always wondered which one was the most appropriate. Oh well, localization pearls I guess. Uh, but yeah, essentially now we are gonna hear one of the tracks from um, that extended limited edition in Japan for one of the extra stages. There were two extra regular stages and a bunch more uh, tag mode stages, but these two extra stages were an exception, as in pretty much in any other stage in Dead or Alive 2. What would play would be the, 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 the theme for the character that you were playing against. But um, in these two tracks in particular, uh, the character's theme would not matter at all. The track that would play would be the stage's track. And what you are going to listen next is um, a, like um, an arranged version, like a remade version of one of the tracks from Dead or Alive 1, uh, Kinfu's stage, which Yes, it was back. Yeah, that stage was back and improved in um, Dead or Alive 2 limited edition in Japan.
Alright guys, uh, this was a great comeback to, to Radio Sega. Thanks to all of you for making it so memorable, for talking so much on Discord and participating and offering your own opinions and creating side talk regarding VMUs, shows, um, problems regarding the Dreamcast and how to fix them. Uh, yeah, it was a really uh, awesome um, day to come back to, and we'll we'll have lots more Rapsic in Radio Sega. Rapsdom is gonna continue, and uh, really, it, this makes me really happy. Thanks a lot, seriously, everyone. I will be back next week by the same time, 9 p.m. British time. So, uh, this, this, I'm just gonna play a last song. Uh, and that song, I have to tell you, it is going to have a profanity on it, in it. It's gonna be a song that I played, that I played on Crazy Taxi 2. Uh, Crazy Taxi 2 was my first Crazy Taxi, I played it much before Crazy Taxi 1. So, the hopping, uh, I found it really weird that when I played Crazy Taxi 1, we couldn't hop with the taxi. So, yeah, I mean, who, has, who doesn't love Crazy Taxi? So, soon enough, enjoy the song that I remember the most and most fondly on Crazy Taxi 2. Meanwhile, guys, thanks for listening and see you next week or even earlier depending on whether I end up streaming a game or not who knows virtual tennis for Feels as close